0: The tug of war over language is again pulling in two different directions in Canada. Who will win? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Café. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location and practicing physical distancing to enhance safety. The federal government, and in particular the prime minister, has said he's concerned about the decline in the use of French in Quebec. Whether it is or isn't is up for debate. While it may appear there are fewer French-speaking people in Quebec, the same Holds true for English. A Journal de Montréal column claimed that there was a decline in French being offered by retailers in downtown Montreal. That's what sparked all this. It was a little too anecdotal as the writer only visited 30 stores in Montreal. Half offered services in English. Not exactly scientific nor worthy of the alarmist headlines that came with it. Anytime language becomes an issue in this country, the rhetoric ramps up. At issue this time, the province of Quebec wants Bill 101, the province's language law, to apply to federally regulated businesses in Quebec, which is a federal jurisdiction. You can weigh in with our unpublished vote question. Do you feel the French language is on the decline in Quebec? Yes, no, or unsure? You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. Now, coming up on Unpublished Cafe, we'll take a look at the new legislation and hear why it may or may not be useful. Montreal Area MP and Minister of Official Language, as Melanie Jolie, has revealed the details. She was invited to, jo- uh, invited to join us, but was unable. Coming up on the show, we'll chat with Jean Johnson, President of the Federation des Communats uh, Francophones et Acadiens du Canada. As well... Christian Bork, Executive Vice President, Leger 360, he'll join us. And first, I am pleased to be joined by Kevin Shar. He is the Vice President of Quebec Community Groups Network. And Kevin, did your group feel the legislation, this legislation, needed to be modernized?
1: Uh, Well, we've been participating in the modernization of the Official Languages Act since uh, 2018. We submitted a brief, along with other groups, um, you know, there, it was time to, to modernize the Act, the Official Languages Act. The last time this was done was in 1988. And uh, the QCGN, along with the uh, FCFA and several other groups, made uh, recommendations. And, and some of those recommendations have appeared in uh, Milan Ijali's discussion paper.
0: And in terms of uh, it being modernized, what needed to be modernized
1: in the legislation? well i think there's a few things um but what we've seen of course is is the technological revolution that's occurred since 1988 um uh, whether or not this is, uh, addresses that is is something else but uh, there are definitely some measures in there to address uh, the rise of english in the in the digital world as the, as a language of of work uh, or international language of work uh, there, there's a few things that, you know, are, are mostly bureaucratic in nature, but are, are certainly useful for the enforcement of, of the, existing, uh, the existing act itself. Uh, you know, whether it's the centralization of oversight to Treasury Board, I think that's a positive thing. Um, the, the, you know, they've eliminated the, the exception that existed for the bilingual, for bilingual judges at the Supreme Court level. Uh, you know, there's there's more measures for institutional support uh, in the community, where you know the federal the federal government's recognizing that a lot of the difficulties faced by minority language communities is at the provincial level. So this is a way of of, of funneling um, you know federal spending power into those provincial jurisdictions, uh, which of course creates you know some, certain difficulties in Quebec. Uh, but uh, I, I think. You know those are all positive things but what's really of concern to the english community is the uh, language of work in federally regulated enterprises
0: and in, in that case what is the concern of your organization
1: well the federal government has decided to uh for the i think the first time in history has decided to regulate or or legislate rather in favor of one language and that's the french language and in quebec uh that's the majority language so um you know, as a minority language community, that creates some some very serious concerns for us. Uh, we are underrepresented, or actually not represented at all. One could say, at the the provincial in the provincial public service, we're less than one percent. Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's the largest employer in the province. They're the bureaucrats making decisions that affect our communities, uh, that affect our institutions, and our voice isn't heard. Uh, we are underrepresented in federal institutions outside the national capital region. Uh, largest largest employer in the country. Uh, again, same problem there. We face uh, we have higher rates of unemployment than the francophone majority. We have that that multiplies when you look at youth unemployment. There's a youth retention problem in our community. Uh, we have a larger percentage of English-speaking Quebecers below the poverty line when compared with the francophone majority. Um, so, I mean, all of these uh, higher rates of poverty in the English-speaking compared to the Francophone majority, so all of these, I mean, once, once you start legislating in favor of um, one language as opposed to another, and, and I, I mean, I think it's important to state here that there's no, nothing demonstrating that these companies aren't perfectly able to operate in French and that the people aren't able to work in French in these companies or that this, these companies aren't delivering... Um, services to in, in French there's absolutely no suggestion of that um, but uh, when you start legislating in favor of one language in this case in Quebec the majority language then our concern is that this is going to create a chilling effect uh, for our employability and our ability to uh, to retain our youth.
0: Kevin Char joining us on the unpublished cafe he's the vice president of Quebec Community Groups Network as we discuss Uh, language laws in Canada as the federal government plans on modernizing the official languages act and when you when you talk about those kind of numbers those are pretty drastic numbers when you talk about the English speaking uh, employment within the the provincial civil service and federal civil service in in Quebec is there any political uh support behind you and and your organization to uh let people know that
1: you're kind of feeling left out here well i mean there's certainly dialogue mm-hmm. um but i mean we don't have the, the the political weight uh i think to 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 necessarily bring these things um uh, i mean we we have the ability to talk to to our our members of parliament and certainly as an organisation we've been in touch with uh the various actors in this case but uh the this this change is coming from a political imperative mm. And the, like I said, there's very little uh, factual evidence to to demonstrate what we call in legislative terms, the social ill that needs to be addressed, right? So it's a political imperative, um, and the the dangers when you act on a political imperative, and this is coming from the minority status of the government, this is coming from pressure from the Bloc Quebecois, conservative support for a Bloc Quebecois measure, Um, You know, silent NDP. So when you add this all up, um, you know, when you're acting, when you're legislating on the basis of a political imperative, as opposed to something that needs to be addressed, uh, then there's always a risk that, um, you know, minority community like ours will be uh, will be left in, in the dark or in the dust.
0: Now, uh, Melanie Jolie has, has said publicly that she understands that there would be a lot of uh, anxiety among the English-speaking minority in, in Quebec and Montreal, and said that no jobs would be lost by any of those people. Does that have any reassurement, reassurance
1: for you? Well, I don't know how you could say that. Um, I mean, there's, you know, uh, we've, we face a similar difficulty at the provincial level. Um, We're a very bilingual population, right, Uh, one of the most bilingual cohorts in the country and, and, you know, I I think my identity, as well as members of my community, is is very in favor of bilingualism, or feels that way, I I should say, Um, but, uh, you know, and we don't don't see that at the the provincial level, which has a, a policy towards one language. So we see it at the federal level and now the federal government seems to be moving away from that, um, which is concerning now about losing jobs. Uh, I mean, like I said, we are the largest employer in the province, we're not mm-hmm. we're underrepresented, the largest employer in the country. Um, I, is it, you can say, uh, I mean, I think that the, the plan is to, from what I read in, in Jalee's proposal was to include a provision saying, well, this shouldn't affect the ability to use English, but uh, it's, it's not guaranteeing a right to use English. Right. Uh, um, so we're filling a void that exists uh, because there is no regulation in private enterprise for language, but we're filling a void with uh, rights in favor of one group. Kevin, I want to thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you. Kevin Shar is the vice president of Quebec Community Groups Network, as well as a constitutional lawyer. And I'll be honest, Every time I hear language is becoming an issue in this country, I cynically think it's trying to distract from something else. To get some more perspective on the state of the French language in Quebec, I'm pleased to be joined by Christian Bourque. He's executive vice president of Léger 360. And Christian, is French on the decline in Quebec?
2: Depends on how you look at it. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about uh, about usage of the French language, mostly on the island of Montreal because that's where most of the immigration coming into Quebec actually will settle. Um, most tend to agree that there is a slight uh, uh, decline in people who claim that French is the main language they use every day. Um, however, does that mean that the French language is uh, uh, threatened in any way or... At, beyond the numbers, this gets political very, very quickly. Uh, So it's hard to actually get sort of the, or look at the data very objectively when it comes to usage of the French language, Uh, because as soon as you mention French language, then people on all the political sides try to jump on that issue uh, to make it their own. And why do you think that is? I, I think it's probably more important today than it was maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Back then, people wanted or some parties wanted to talk about independence, Quebec independence or separatism or call it what you want. And then people on the other side would actually want to actually talk about the threat of independence as the main motivator to vote one way or the other in, in a provincial or federal election. Today, th- that's not the axis on which Quebec politics is defined anymore. We've sort of moved away from yes or no to a referendum uh, to sort of more of a left-right uh, um, uh, let's say perspective on politics, which is the rest of the world basically operates on yeah. that one, um, and so as we're switching over, and that the 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 potential for independence to be a, a vote gatherer is slowly disappearing or dissipating, um, much of the sort of nationalist parties, the Parti Québécois, and now the CAQ in particular, who's forming government in Quebec, says, well, if it's not independence anymore, what's left if I want to appeal to nationalist voters? Language comes next. Uh, and if you look at all the surveys we've done on the French language uh, over the past few years, those who feel that French tends to be most threatened are people over the age of 55 that tend not to live in Montreal. And guess what? Almost all of the writings of the CAQ1 were outside the island of Montreal and mostly getting their majorities from voters who are over the age of 55. So it's still fairly much that baby boom generation that was very close to the sovereignty movement back then that is still very sort of hyped up on on uh, the french language issue uh, at the moment in quebec but still even though as millennials form that sort of a, a huge chunk of voters uh in the younger age courts we know people over 55 will go out and vote they participate um and they still make up uh, a powerful force in politics
0: what uh, in terms of the, of the French language in Quebec? What, what's the impact been of uh, you know digital technology and and, and immigration?
2: Well, they, and, and they're they're different. Um, yeah. A lot of of older Quebecers tend to believe that social media is sort of an enemy of the survival of the French language because it tends to uh, 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 include more English uh, than they would like, and it tends to make where they feel it makes younger generations more sort of global generations as opposed to uh, um, local uh, uh, generation. Their focus is somewhere else. It's on global warming, it's on other issues outside of, of, of this old French-English debate uh, which used to dictate politics in the province. So uh, uh, again, they view that as as uh, sort of an element of threat to the French language. I think the issue of immigration is a bit different. Um, Still, the sort of survival instinct or la survivance as we used to call it um, is still a motivator in politics. And, and some of the younger voters are, are feeling um, that more immigration equals less presence of the French language in the province. Uh, so that is fairly still sort of present. However, to the extent that this would actually get people to vote one way or the other, I think it's still up for debate, and, and even more so in a federal election compared to a provincial election. Um, if you look at at the last federal election, um, if the Bloc Québécois sort of came back as a political force, it was not because uh, uh, necessarily that all of a sudden French was becoming this huge element of debate. It was because failure of the Conservatives to present the candidate that was presentable uh, to the Québécois audience, Uh, but that's about it. Uh, I do feel though that there still is an element, even though language politics is not the defining thing uh, we're seeing now, uh, the element in what the federal government is actually proposing, there is in there some form of reconciliation, if I can call it that, uh, that, that could make it to some extent a political winner. Um, of course, it'll draw a lot of criticism uh, from some of the pundits here uh, in the province, but but if it goes through, um, I think for some voters sort of at the margins, it would, probably will have a fairly positive effect on um, on keeping, again, that threat of separatism at bay. And that's basically,
0: as I mentioned off the top, you know, every time I hear language is brought up in this country, I get a little cynical and you know, maybe that's just because I've been around for a while and I've seen it. Um, do you think right now that there's enough safeguards for the French language in Quebec or does this legislation really need to be modernized and updated?
2: I believe so. And, and, and a lot of people who, um, and, and that includes people at the liberal party here in Quebec, are saying that, you know what, after 40 years, I might not have liked everything about Bill 101, but it has had a positive impact uh, on protecting the French language in Quebec. Uh, so there is a bit of a consensus that that some of the basic safeguards are actually indeed already in place in the province. Mm-hmm. And now the willingness to go much further uh, will, of course, depend on how people feel that language will be a higher Or low on the agenda coming the next provincial and federal election, for that matter. But there are some issues that people feel very strongly about, but yet have no impact on vote. Um, And I believe to some extent, language probably will tend to be one of them. I think the CAQ in, in sort of making language a, a central part of their platform is trying to win that issue away from the Parti Québécois um in order to get more support. But that's that's about it. I don't think uh language is redefining right now in the short term how people uh how people will vote in the next election. I, I don't think it has that power. Um it's right. not the environment, it's not education, it's not health care, it's not public finances. Uh, and very quickly, you'll see that it falls out of the top eight or 10 major right. issues in Quebec. It's more shock than awe. Absolutely. It, I just remember the NICAB thing in the 2015 federal right. election. It did not change the vote on, of more than a handful of Canadians. Although everybody was talking about it, it did not have an impact on the vote. Interesting. Christian, I want to thank you for joining us. My pleasure.
0: Christian Bork is the executive vice president of Leger 360. It has been decades since the Official Languages Act has been updated. And one group happy about that is the Federation de Communauté Francophone et Acadien du Canada. Jean Johnson is the president, and he joins us now. And Jean, well, what makes you feel French is on the decline in Quebec, if it is on the decline?
3: Well, actually, for, from a Western Canadian, a Franco-Canadian who goes to Montreal, for example, uh, for me, it, uh, it becomes evident uh, very, very, very rapidly. Uh, I find a lot, a lot of people addressing me in English uh, with a really heavy French accent. And when I respond to them in French, it takes them two or three uh, exchanges before they realize that I'm talking to them in their first language. So uh, I, I see that uh, there's a there's a change, there's an evolution. We see uh, the number of students that register in the um, in the uh, uh, English um, programs, and I fully understand why they w- would want to do that. Um, so we see an erosion there. We we um, mm-hmm. intuitively are, or for me as a Frank Wall am somewhat um, preoccupied with what's going on in Quebec. And uh, because what's going on in Quebec is also a reflection of of the uh, erosion that's going on uh, throughout our communities across Canada.
0: Your group says the act is woefully outdated. What makes it so?
3: Well, it was presented in 1969 and it was uh, revised and uh, reimagined under uh, Brian Mulroney's uh, um, leadership in 1988. And, uh, and virtually, uh, there was just a small modification done in, 19, in 2004, which was uh, positive measures in uh, Article 7 of the Act, uh, but nothing else has been done. And uh, in the current uh, bill that we have now, um, we have words like may as opposed to shall, and uh, it changes the tone of a uh, of bill. So right now, it really doesn't have the power to be uh, to impose any kind of respect the uh, FCFA
0: says there are structural flaws in the le- in legislation what are those flaws?
3: Uh, number one is that uh, nobody assumes responsibility for uh, for the uh, for the bill no- nobody has unique responsibility. We pass the responsibility on to an existing minister. so right now uh, M- Minister Jolie, uh, basically, has the responsibility of the official language act, which should mean that she should impose to her colleagues. But it's really a peer-to-peer uh, relationship, and it really needs to be a central agency like uh, the uh, Treasury Council, who has the responsibility uh, to uh, of oversight on the bill, its implementation, and and the uh, obligations to respect that bill. They should go to a central agency as opposed to a minister to a minister.
0: Now, in terms of the French language right now, what, what, in your perspective, is making it vulnerable?
3: I think if we look at what's going on just in the post-secondary sector right now across Canada, you have Campus St. Jean which is a very fragile institution within the University of Alberta that provides uh, a lot of value in in our society right now in terms of uh, training teachers for the immersion programs and the Francophone schools. Uh, Right now across Canada, there's over um, 2,500 teachers uh, that we're looking for for the Francophone and there's over 20,000 teachers that we're looking for for the immersion programs. And those institutions are key Uh, St. Boniface or uh, Laurentian University, we heard an awful lot about it. We heard about the University um, Franco-Ontarienne in in Toronto. Uh, Those institutions are are really fragile right now. And to build the strength of our communities, you need to reinforce the institutions that we have. Otherwise, we're relegated to a slow and painful death. What makes those uh, organizations fragile? Uh, I think uh, a lot of it underfunding. Uh, the other one is um, oversight control. Um, for for example, um, campus Saint jean really is a campus within the University of Alberta, so they are subjected to um, a um, mm-hmm. the, uh, to the administration's will and, and whim. And right now, um, Campus St. Jean would be better with uh, a federated uh, university model within the University of Alberta, much, of, much as we see the University of Toronto has, I believe, three federated universities within uh, U of T. Those are excellent models and what it does is provide uh, administrative independence and uh, a joint academic responsibility. So you protect the integrity of the academic programs but you provide an ability and flexibility to be able to directly negotiate your agreements with the provincial and federal governments.
0: Now, when I, uh, I looked over uh, your, your website, the, the aim for FCFA, a bilingual workforce coast to coast,
3: how will that happen? Well, um, I, I think if we're gonna set a, a goal, we might as well set a big, large, audacious goal. And that is one, and that is the vision of Canada that we've been talking about for over 50 years a bilingual Canada. We listen to our federal government talking about that. Uh, one of the things that I think we need to, to do is build uh, that equality um, between the, the two languages and use, uh, use those strategies as an economic strategy nationally and worldwide. Uh, on the world stage, if we are uh, stronger in terms of uh, both of our, our languages, both our languages and both of our linguistic communities thrive, and uh, nationally and internationally. So, I think the French language should become a cornerstone of an economic strategy for our country.
0: You know, yeah, you brought up uh, uh, fair and, uh, and and equal, and you know, in terms of in, in the province of Quebec with this legislation. You know, you're looking at uh, English speakers who make up probably less than 10% of the population, but they have zero jobs in the Quebec provincial government and under, under, drastically underrepresented in the federal government. So, how do we get that to fair? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, if, between the English speaking and the French speaking, how do you, how do you get that to fair?
3: Well, um, I think one, one of the things that, I, that I've heard an awful lot from the leadership of the Anglophone communities because we are in ongoing contact with them. And, and we, we agree that there are uh, uh, points of divergence in terms of our, our strategic positioning. But I, I also understand that the Anglo community in Quebec has to protect their own institutions. That I stand by 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, But one of the things that I've I've been told by the leadership of uh, QCGN is that our language is is really not um, uh, at risk of disappearing. So we're not really threatened by an element that that I have to work with on a daily basis, is how do we ensure the survival of the French language across Canada? That's not the case for the English language. Uh, That doesn't mean that there are not... Uh, challenges for for the Anglo community in Quebec. And I think right now I see that they're doing a lot of workshops, uh, a lot of uh, online um, uh, dialogues and conversations with their community to talk about how to to build a stronger um, argument and positions uh, towards uh, Bill 101, which is really uh, coming down the track here uh, at a rapid rate. And uh, the Official Languages Act. What does it mean uh, in terms of the symmetry? We've always said that um, to to, uh, work with Canada's two official languages, we need a a differentiated uh, approach as opposed to a mirror approach. And the mirror approach basically is to mirror my community, uh, our our Francophone and Acadian communities across Canada with the uh, dominant Anglophone community. And that's not a fair comparison. And, and, and to say that we're gonna do everything the same for everybody, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for 50 years and it has to change. So, so for us is to do that delicate dance with the Anglo community in Quebec without offending them and hindering the work that they're doing all the while representing the, the interests of French outside of Quebec. Jean, I wanna thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much, James. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak to you on this today. Jean Johnson is the president of the Fédération des communautés
0: Francophones et Acadiennes du Canada. And that leads to our unpublished.vote question. Do you feel the use of the French language is on the decline in Quebec? Yes, no, or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote and have your voice heard. I want to thank our guests, Kevin Shar, vice president of Quebec Community Group's Uh, network as well. Christian Bork, he's the executive vice president of Leger 360, as well as Jean Johnson, president of the FCFA. And I want to thank you for watching the unpublished cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.